web, online and on your mobile, this, this is DCUFM News. Hi everyone and welcome back to Newswire. I'm Aoife O'Brien and I'm joined today by Kira O'Loughlin. On today's show, DCUSU President Vito Maloney-Burke joins us to talk about Shepherd Machaya's extended deportation notice. We give you the lowdown on Kiss Week. Uh, what is the latest on the nurses' strike? And finally, Aoife Horn reports on Refugee Week. But first, we have our hourly news bulletin. This week's three-day nurses' strike is still set to go ahead from tomorrow, after talks in the Labour Court about ending it finished this morning. The Irish Nurses and Midwives Association is due to hold a three-day consecutive strike this Tuesday to Thursday. If the Labour Court decides to intervene, it is likely that there will be an urgent hearing later today, with the hope that the court could issue a rapid recommendation. Students have been evacuated from a school in Roscommon following a bomb scare this morning. A call was made to Angorda this morning claiming that there was an incendiary device planted on the premises of St. Matthew's College in Balahadreen. Nothing was recovered after Gordy carried out a thorough search of the premises. Sinn Féin is set to table a motion of no confidence in the Health Minister, Simon Harris. Speaking today on RTE Morning Ireland, party leader Mary MacDonald confirmed that they would be tabling a motion of no confidence, saying that Harris apologising to the doll was simply not enough. Harris has denied misleading the doll over the overrun in the cost of building the hospital and said he behaved entirely appropriately in terms of informing government colleagues about the issue. And finally, Post Malone has announced a huge gig this summer. Although he's playing a sold-out concert on Valentine's Day this week, rapper Post Malone will take to the stage at the RDS Arena on Thursday the 22nd of August. Tickets for the concert this August will go on sale on Friday 15th of February. That's all the news for now. Up next is weather. Today is cloudy, cloudy with some sun, temperatures ranging from 7 to 10 degrees. That's all the news for now. Remember, you can keep up to date with, with us with all the news on Facebook and Twitter at DCU NPS News. Shepard Machaya, a second-year University of Sanctuary student here in DCU, has had his deportation order extended until March 21st. The Zimbabwe native was initially issued with a deportation order in September. However, it was extended until the 5th of February after the Save Our Shepherd campaign proved a success. However, the fight is not over yet. We are joined today by Vito Maloney-Burke, the DCU Student Union President, who kick-started this campaign. So, hi Vito, thank you so much for joining us on Newswire. Thanks, Billy, for having me. Cheers. Um, so, Shepherd has been given an extended six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, what is the next step for the Students' Union and what are you going to do to ensure that the deportation order be banished? Yeah, um, <laughs> well, I'm going to do my best to ensure it is. Um, I'm just going to keep on trying very much so. Um, <clears throat> so, basically... The last few months have been quite frustrating because I think um, the powers that be in, in the, the department um, have been very slow in getting back to us or, or in some cases not got back to us at all when we've put forward certain cases in, in, alongside this Shepherd solicitor who's really, really fantastic and um, has been a great acquisition uh, for the whole case. Um, so I think it was ac- it's actually a really good timing, this uh, extension now with the next six weeks because... Uh, the solicitor, alongside another barrister, um, the two of them have put together uh, basically an argument as to how the department have carried out 
everything in the completely wrong manner um, since this kind of case began and uh, why everything needs to be re-evaluated, everything needs to be rethunk um, and basically the deportation order should be revoked. Um, alongside that, there's been a worsening situation in Zimbabwe. It's been all over the news in, in recent weeks. Um, a lot of people would have seen it from over this side of the water. Um, so the document also detailed um, kind of exactly why he can't go back to that situation. Okay. And finally, it detailed um, a list of job prospects um, that Shepard would have um, should he be allowed to finish his studies uh, and if there's an abundance uh, he's going into a profession where there's a shortage of employees so the people are crying out um, for more expertise in the area so it's a really robust document that's been sent on it's, it's a good few pages long um, and really uh, having read that document myself I can't see how any sane person wouldn't give the whole case a rethink and if his deportation order is revoked, will that give him an allowance to stay in the country until he's finished his studies, or hopefully would it be longer? Or what kind of like what kind of thing are they looking for? Look, best case scenario, it gets revoked. Um, he gets to finish his studies and start the actual life here, which he's been working so hard towards, uh, be allowed to contribute back to our society, which he's been trying to do since he moved here nine years ago. You know, having completed an array of different certificates and qualifications and and then coming here to DCU. Uh, So that's best case scenario. Um, Look, if the department turn around and say Shepard can finish his studies, um, stay for the next year and a half in DCU until he's finished his course, that is is at least a decent enough result for the time being. I can tell you it would certainly take, considering we thought he was going to be out of the country in October, November time. Um, so at the moment we're looking for answers we're yet to get any answer um, I personally would think it's it, the only result worth thinking about is a full scale deportation order is revoked and he gets to actually live his life here um, safe with his life very much not in danger and very much giving back to our society as he's tried to so far I mean the guy was given a scholarship. How hypocritical is it then to take that scholarship away from him? And has there been any thought now? I know, as you're saying, you're trying to like, think on the more you know mm. positive side mm. about you know hopefully it gets fully revoked. But has there been any thoughts on what might happen if he is deported? And if so, is there any chance of him being allowed to come back? Uh, so. The very first day Shepard sat in my office and we kind of discussed his his deportation order, uh, what struck me so much um, and really kind of got to me more than anything was how normalised Shepard had become with the situation. Um, In his head, he was almost, he was preparing for the worst because, again, he could have been out of the country in a week. Mentally... Shepard has to prepare himself because if he doesn't and he is shipped out of this country back to a land um, again where his life is very much in danger uh, and mentally he's not ready, that is a whole world of trouble on top of of everything else. Um, So in terms of what might happen if he does get deported, yeah, he uh, tragically is kind of ready on the one hand while fighting with all of his might and every ounce of his being for it to be revoked. Uh, it's this weird mindset where he has to remain as optimistic as possible but also get ready for it. Um, uh, to answer the second part of your question, um, if he 
could come back. I mean, he'd be thrust back into a land he'd have where he would have nothing. Forget the danger he would be in. He'd have absolutely nothing. He has nowhere to stay. He has no money. He has everything. His whole entire life is here. So to talk about even the resources to get back, I don't know if he'd have them. I just... For me, it's inconceivable. I can't see how any any right-minded person would send them back to what's going on there at the moment. Would uh, you mind, sorry, just um, explain to our listeners, maybe people who, who don't know what yeah. exactly um, is happening in Zimbabwe mm. at the moment and what he would face um, yeah, if he was to go back? Yeah, yeah. So, so Shepard fled because he was... There was a certain regime in power that had been in power for years and years and years in Zimbabwe. Um, it was a dictatorship. And and in his local community, he was quite outspoken um, about that dictatorship, that brutal, brutal dictatorship. Um, and that's they, they tortured him as, as a result. Um, and a, after he left, um, they actually murdered one of his best friends. Um so he was issued with the order when there was a change in regime, which basically was the deputy being elected to the president. So it was actually the exact same regime, it was the exact same people who were doing all of those brutal, brutal things. Um, and now there is great unrest at that regime in Zimbabwe. Um, but the, the regime have, have blood on their hands, as they always have, and they take literally no prisoners. Um, so if he was was to go back... Um, it's almost it's worse than when he left and again when he got issued with it originally it was bad but now it's really 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 bad um and another concern for me is look this campaign i think um it's been brilliant we've been so happy with how it's gone without the uptake from dcu student body and beyond um it has made national news and that's great it's been in all the papers um and that's exactly what we needed and exactly what shepherd needed but a side effect of that is it's spread and if you search his name, you get a couple of news stories from Zimbabwe. So people are now hearing that there's this guy on the other side of the world um, saying really, really bad things that are true about the regime and would really land him in the whole world more trouble now. He's not just outspoken in the local community, he's now outspoken on a global scale. Um, so I don't even really think about what, what that would be like or what that would look like should should Shepard be sent back. So basically, it's kind of it's it's just not really an option for him no, to go it, back at all. Like it can't happen. No. Um. Yeah. Um. So uh, the Save Our Shepherd campaign. I mean, mm. it's been going on since September, but mm-hmm. now for the next six weeks, what can like. DCU students do to help or is there anything they can do to help at this time? Uh, at the moment um, the best thing that people can do and the greatest comfort to Shepherd and, and to this campaign is just knowing that they are on standby. There's nothing publicly that we can do at the moment. It's very much behind the scenes. That really, really impressive document again went, so, went off to the Depart- Department of Justice and Equality. We're waiting to hear back on that document. Um over the next couple of weeks, we can only wait, um, which is a really kind of horrible, horrible thing. But what we do, uh, what we will do, is have a, a contingency plan in place, a, a campaign strategy there ready to go should we need it. Um, because the last time we had hundreds of students um, really rally behind it at the drop of a hat with no notice at all, um, and we could need the same again. Um, and we know that we very much could.
if we needed it. Brilliant. So um, my final question just is, um, so Shepherd is a University of Sanctuary student. Do you mind maybe just briefly explaining to our listeners um, what exactly this means? Mm. And um, are there any other students um, who could potentially be in Shepherd's frightening position? Uh, yeah, so the University of Sanctuary is a scheme that was introduced to the university a couple of years ago. Um, basically, uh, it is what it says on the tin. It's it's it's, it's a sanctuary for uh, refugee students, and everyone who is in the program is a refugee, is living in direct provision, um, and it is a scholarship. Um, it is a kind of we support them in other ways, like laptops, and uh, it's really to give those people who are already educated, already so hardworking, already so eager and enthusiastic, an opportunity to actually get into third level in this country because they have no other access route uh, because direct provision is such an obscene uh, system. Um, and to answer your question, could it happen to another University of Sanctuary student? Absolutely. Um, there's four other institutions nationwide that are University of Sanctuaries. Um, so it's, it's, it's a growing risk. Um, and I would say it's likely to happen again the way things are. Um, so student unions, um, student leaders, student activists from around the country uh, recently uh, met up um, in Limerick and we devised, or we're in the process of devising, a national strategy for if it happens again, a campaign we can all roll out nationally to support that one student, be they in Athlone or UCD or UCC or UL. Um, we will be on standby, much like nationally SUs around the country gave us everything and gave Shepherd everything. We, in return, um, have to do the same. Um, it's in everybody's interests because it's, it's, an, it's an outrageous crime what's happening at the moment. Definitely. Brilliant. Well, um, I think that's all we have time for today. So just, uh, I suppose, say to students that we need them on standby. Is that it? Yeah, just please be there. I can't tell you exactly when it'll be, but there's a very good chance it'll happen. So we'll need you. Shepard will need you. Um, thanks so much for joining us Brilliant. today, V Show. Um, we're going to take a quick ad break now, but make sure to stay tuned to hear about DC's new healthy initiative, the lowdown on Kiss Week and the latest on the nurse. Kiss Week week which stands for Keep It Safe and Sexy, takes place this week across all DCU campuses. The week will be focusing on discussing and promoting sexual health. Consent classes have taken place today on both Glasnevin and St. Pat's campuses. Tomorrow, a menstrual education class will take place from 1 to 2 p.m. in the park room in the U. A workshop from 5 to 6 p.m. with Caroline West will take place in the Santry room around the discussion of porn literacy. Blood donations will also take place Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 11am to 2.30pm in the venue. At 8pm on Wednesday, Science and Health Society will be holding their annual Spice Bag and Speed Dating event in Newbar. And free STI tests are also available for all DCU students. Newswire reporter Eva O'Brien asked students what they think about Kiss Week and if they will be attending any of the workshops. Workshops. Um, I think the Kiss Week is a really good initiative because it's always good to promote um, safe sex and consent and good sexual health. So and I think DC was really good for doing that. Um, but I don't think I'll be attending any of the events. Yeah, I think uh, Kiss Week is a good idea and DCU seems to be at the forefront of a lot of universities nationwide and promoting workshops to do with consent, sexual awareness, sexual health and uh, everything along those lines. Will you be attending any of the workshops? Um, I'm not aware of some of the workshops that are on, but I'll have a look later now and I'll make up my mind, see if I can work it around my timetable. Uh, yeah, Kiss Week's a great idea. It's 
obviously I think it's part of a national week to do with sexual health being promoted by the USI or somebody um, because it's Valentine's Day. But um, so it's it's not entirely an original idea, I guess. But it's a good thing to be doing. It's always important to promote positive sexual health and discussion of sexual health and sexual issues. And um, there's a few events taking place that I'm definitely interested in going to see if I have time. Um, there's a talk this evening with Senator David Norris and a few other speakers that sounds really interesting, so I'm definitely going to try to make it to that and a few more later in the week if I get the chance as well. Yeah, no, I think this week is really good. Um, it obviously encourages safe sex, which is very important. Um, yeah, I'm going to be attending the blood donation tomorrow. Yeah, I think uh, Kiss Week is extremely beneficial for everyone. It's something that isn't maybe talked about enough, and for a whole week dedicated to this, I think is really important, especially for people our age. Um, I'm not actually aware of any of the events that are going on this week, but uh, I'm definitely going to have a look and see what there is to avail of. Um, yeah, I think Kiss Week is great, idea yeah, for the most part. Uh, you know, it's always a good idea to promote sexual health because... Uh, especially, as far as I'm aware, you know, rates of chlamydia and stuff are going up. Um, and people need to be aware of the fact that, you know, it's not as simple as just like, oh, go into the clinic and they give you some antibiotics. But like, super gonorrhea exists, um, and antibiotics cannot cure that. So, yeah, uh, you know, stay safe and stop trying to give us all incurable STIs. And I will be attending one of the clinics or workshops. Um, the one by FemSoc, which is about feminism and porn. Um, I'm mainly just going there to cover it for an assignment, but it will be fun, I'm sure, probably, because it's porn, so it's fun. And now we're going to take a look at the news over the last hour. The Labour Court has stepped in this afternoon to decide if there is sufficient scope for it to further intervene in the ongoing nurses' dispute. British Prime Minister Theresa May has rejected Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn's plan to deal with Brexit, closing off another possible way that a no-deal Brexit could be avoided. Gordy have recovered four stolen limestone statues, including two depicting William of Orange and Oliver Cromwell, which were stolen in Charleville, Cork in 2011. Activists and unions have called for people in Ireland to take part in mass walkouts on International Women's Day this year against gender-based violence and pay gap. And finally, Met Erin is predicting mild weather with temperatures set to get up to the mid-teens later on this week. So, um, what what was that there on Brexit? She's... So... The British Prime Minister, Jeremy Corbyn's plan to deal with Brexit, kind of closing off another way that we'll avoid a no deal, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how they're expecting to, to, for this no deal to go through, but. Yeah, why, why is she closing that off? Surely that would be, would that not be in her interest to avoid a no deal? It, it is in her interest to avoid the no deal. She's trying to prevent this kind of way being avoided. So he's produ- he's after kind of putting forward another kind of no deal solution, okay. which she is trying to avoid. So, I mean, obviously Labour are very unhappy at the minute with the way Brexit negotiations have been going. And I guess Theresa May is just trying to keep the whole thing afloat at the minute. Yeah, and I mean, there's kind of talks at the moment that, um, I mean, firstly, it was 
assumed that you know after what what day is it March twenty is it March twenty first. Ma- March 29th? I'm, act- I'm, I'm not March certain 29th. now on it's that. It's the end of March anyway um, is when, you know, it all has to be decided. But now there's, there is talks that it's going to be it's going to be pushed back again. They are 100% going to have to but extend that deadline. Have, yeah, but I thought like they had to, you know, have a decision by then. But I mean, surely it's it, it, it will be better for it to be pushed back than have a no deal, surely. I mean, there's been a lot a lot of messing with this they've said so many times this is your deadline this is your deadline there is kind of no getting around it but at the end of the day nobody wants Britain to crash out of the EU the only issue that I'm really seeing with this is that we push the deadline further out but now there's talks of people don't want the backstop here in Ireland they don't want they're, they're, they kind of nearly want to introduce a border and it's nearly given the UK more power Every time the EU are like, okay, you can have a little bit more time, the UK are getting stronger. They have more time to come up with... With more deals, more yeah. negotiations. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how realistic this is, but there has been you know, increasing talks as well about a united Ireland, which, I mean, so many people you see are like, which, I mean, I, I'm guessing these are people who have, um, you know, haven't really thought about it too much you are like oh this is great and all and I mean it's just it's it is incredibly worrying that if if that does happen I mean there was that car bomb in Derry there a few weeks ago the troubles are going to come back I mean people come up with this and they don't generally think through the logistics and the practicalities of it first off you have the cost that that would be to Ireland the financial burden of taking back those six counties would be colossal I don't actually know if the country could support it but there are so many people in those six counties that have no interest in being part of a united Ireland very true yes and yeah absolutely there are people on the other side of the fence but they've had to deal with this for so long they they know that they haven't been part of this united Ireland and we kind of got past that period of troubles and then you're going to have to backtrack on that the other direction. And definitely I do think it would cause a substantial amount of violence and definitely create a lot of difficulties. Definitely. Um, moving on to um, the next article um, that Aoife just read out the headline of there about um, the limestone statues that were recovered. So basically in 2011, um, there was a robbery in Cork of the Oliver Cromwell and the William of Orange statues. And um, they were recovered just there today. I mean, it's definitely an interesting one, isn't it? Definitely interesting. I mean, so they were stolen in 2011, as I said. Yeah. Um, Four large limestone statues were stolen from Milltown Castle in July of 2011. Um, They were 10 foot high pillars. And they have just been found today actually, like, buried. So, like, Charleville is definitely a very scenic place in Cork. It's one of the most popular kind of tourist attractions. Um, An awful lot of people go there. Of course, we have the cheese and that coming from there. I'm not really sure where someone was going with these statues. Buried, does it say, were they buried in a bog? Were they being preserved? Or Like, limestone is one of those rocks. It obviously decays quite a lot. Yeah, sorry. I I, I was silent there for a second because I was trying to figure out if it said. Uh, It doesn't say, but it looks it looks just like yeah they were just buried in like kind of grass or I don't know but um, 
that's a kind of a good news story that they were recovered. Uh, you never know. Like, I mean, after being stolen and that, someone might be able to make I'd a bit of money for them. They could be a nice little exhibit. Or I'd say there was people who were devastated, you know. <laughs> there was, the pride say, and joy of the town. I'd say, you know, if, um, if my hometown had a nice... Uh, statue now and it was stolen I don't think people would be too impressed never mind four of them um sorry yeah so we're going off um topic a bit there what was that final story then so final story was Met Aaron is predicting mild weather for the coming week so temperatures to get up to the mid-teens mid-teens which I mean this morning it was minus two when I came to college so it's scary though because the the weather now the weather isn't just strange in Ireland. I mean, Ireland has always, you know, had kind of weather where it changes literally by the hour. Um, but I mean, when you're looking at the extreme weather that has been in the States, it's absolutely insane. But even just across the water in the UK, yeah. like there a week and a half ago and the snow that they were having over there, how we managed to avoid it, I don't know. Uh-huh. But like you have that in the UK and the States, like the States, they were down minus 15 degrees and then you go over as far as Australia and it's up at 40 degrees Celsius yeah and um, New York as well um, you know is commonly known for having uh, colder weather this time of year but last week it was I think it was either Tuesday I think it was Tuesday um, the weather was snowing and the next day they had 15 degree weather so I mean global warming really needs to be needs to be taken seriously. It does, but when their president is asking where is the global warming from one of the biggest biggest countries in the world, one of the most powerful countries, and it's the message he is sending it. out is we have ten foot of snow here, where is the global warming? It's not understood. People do not get it. They do not get the concept of climate change. He thinks that we should be boiling up. Absolutely. And I think that's probably one of the major issues with the people need to stop calling it global warming. I think we just need to change the phrase because it definitely creates an awful lot of kind of misjudgment. I kind of thought, just thought it was generally understood that global warming doesn't necessarily mean that... We're getting really hot weather. I mean, I did think that too, but we have one of the most powerful men in the world here claiming that, well, it's snowing, so there's no global warming. Right. Well, we can't judge anyway. Um, that was uh, the latest headlines from the past hour there with Aoife. Um, we are going to take a really quick ad break now, but make sure to stay tuned uh, for the latest on the nurses' strike. And Aoife Horn gives us a lowdown on last week's Refugee Week in DCU. 40,000 nurses are to strike for three consecutive days, including today, this week, over pay and staffing issues. The Labour Court is to formally intervene in the dispute and has invited both management and unions to a hearing, which took place at 3.30 today. The intervention is aimed at trying to avert three days of consecutive strikes this week by more than 40,000 nurses. After three days of exploratory talks over the weekend with the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, the Psychiatric Nurses Association and the Public Service Management, the Chairman of the Labour Court, Kevin Foley, said earlier its briefing by the parties had concluded. He said the Labour Court would reflect on what it had heard and would make a decision by mid-morning on Monday on whether to intervene formally in the dispute. It has now decided to intervene. During the first week of the semester, DCU held its annual Refugee Week to celebrate DCU's status as Ireland's first ever University of Sanctuary. We spoke to DCU chaplain 
Philip McKinley and DC's Students' Union President, Vito Maloney-Burke, about what the week means to them and how our University of Sanctuary status has impacted upon the university and its students. There are 42 scholars that are living under provision who have accessed various courses. Yeah. Let me get my figures right. Seven are campus-based. You would not know who they are, and they do not not look into T-shirts to tell you who they are. Uh, so they are as normal. Your best friend could be a university sector scholar, and you may not know that. And how wonderful that is. Um, Grant. Then there are 14 yeah. online scholars uh, doing both undergraduate I'm just going to get off the email on so the Kiss Week. Is, uh, uh, the high-profile member of that So, do you know, I know what's happening. I've done the Future Learn uh, course, but that's, um, that's not at undergraduate level. But that is uh, another key kind of component uh, in in the scholarship, and the core fundamental raison d'etre of any university is that if you are good enough, you should be here. We want you to be here. Uh, and the There's a lot of very weird kind of events. Innovation and creativity as to how to uh, provide access. Yeah. So I think it's harnessed a whole new energy. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Like, does that mean there's no bondage? Or? People are that's only happening because we're becoming university sanctuaries. We are getting to know um, So there's a national campaign that's after starting um, with students from around the country, mm-hmm. um, students with SU backgrounds, with society backgrounds, with just just grassroots activists. Um, and we're putting together a national strategy on exactly what we want to happen with threat provision. Um, there is still a lot of work that needs to be done with international integration, um, be it University of Sanctuary students or just international students in general. Um, still, and since I've been in DCU, I've noticed this, and I'm sure it dates back as far as the international student does, that you walk through campus on a given day and you will notice a divide. Yeah. It's a shame, man. Like, the, the Interfaith Centre is my favourite place on campus. It is the best place ever. It's so warm, welcoming, inviting, exciting. There's just such an array of different people and cultures and things happening all the time. But it's just ultimately a safe, nice place. But uh, there's an issue there insofar as I say you go in and you see so many different cultures. The one culture you barely ever see in the Interfaith Centre. Irish people don't go into the Interfaith Centre. That is an issue with international integration. We need to find a way to blend our students together, to mix them together, because ultimately that's how they will develop most, learn most. Mm-hmm. You stop and look, and in two years, we look at what we've achieved, 42 scholarships, 130,000 euros been fundraised, two Melly storytelling programmes, 70 Mosny graduates, a theatre collaboration at the Gay Theatre, Mosny Book Club, launch of a website, Refugee Week, football matches, basketball, concerts, webinars, and you put it all together, phenomenal research a new master's program a new uh, network the network of migration diversity studies master's in refugee integration unbelievable following on from this the two spoke about Shepard Micaiah the University of Sanctuary student who was served a deportation letter last August which sparked a protest campaign across the university for so long so actually Save Our Shepherd was the first time it was way overdue yeah. but it was it it's it, it, uh, 
so there was sort of a pent up <laughs> energy released um, at that time because this was the first time a university student had been issued a deportation order 2018, you know, it's unbelievable that it took so long but, but it took so long because the system hadn't been broken uh, Anamin Shepard will, will talk about that in his room in Port Leash he was in uh, shared a room with another guy and they both received their deportation order the same day and the guy that was uh, in the room beside him deported within three weeks it was a tragic situation yeah. but unfortunately perhaps it was going to take something like that yeah. to make a lot of people kind of sit up and realise what, what the bloody hell was going on mm. um, so uh, hopefully we can, we can get a positive result from this case and at the end of the day everyone will have benefited from it I mean Shepherd's Shepherd's been through it all you know it's, it's taken, taken a lot from him um, but I know he would just love if this whole this whole thing could actually just do good. The Saver Shepherd campaign succeeded in postponing Micaiah's deportation order until February 5th of this year. On the 5th of February, the deportation order was extended again and Micaiah awaits until March 21st to find out the verdict of his status in Ireland. So, um, as we were discussing earlier, KISS Week is um, happening this week in DCU, uh, which stands for... Keep it safe and sexy. Keep it safe and sexy. I could not remember it there. I was scrolling up to look for it. Um, so, it used to be called Shag Week. Can you remember what that stood for? Oh, gosh. I honestly don't have a clue. I don't know, but, um, yeah, um, I was speaking to a few students about it, and a lot of them couldn't understand why the word was changed um, I think it was maybe just to, to make it a little bit more PC um, I imagine so like Kiss Week is part of a whole national initiative kind of a national week to promote safe sex and consent and I guess to kind of fit in with the general kind of consensus of that kind of initiative yeah so uh, one of the big things that is a part of Kiss Week this week um, is that consent classes took place all day today. Now, I know consent classes have been an overall um, initiative um, within the university, I think, um, starting this September. They had like 15% of the first year um, population attended these workshops and they got like a certificate at the end and stuff like that. So um, the GCUSU have made this week, you know, another chance to um, attend those workshops, and they were on today in both the Glasnevin and the St. Patrick's campus. Um, other things that I think are involved are um, there is free STI checks, and um, you can give blood. Now, the giving blood um, you can do um, in the venue. The venue on Tuesday from 11 to 2.30pm and again on Wednesday from 11 to 2.30 and the same again on Thursday, so running for the most of the week. And why do you think they've included that within Case Week? Um, I suppose, like, giving blood kind of... A lot of the issues or reasons why you can't give blood may have to do with a lot of the things that impact upon safe sex and consent. Um, so I know there was apparently a newsletter going around. I never received it, but um, 
I don't know, was it the LGBTQ society that sent it or not? I did hear some people on about it earlier to do with why you can't give blood. So, do you know, if you have consumed alcohol in the past 24 hours, if there's alcohol still in your system, you can't give blood. The same for drug use. Um, obviously, um, gay men who have kind of engaged in sexual activity are not allowed to give blood. This was one of the things that apparently was not included on the newsletter that people were quite angry about. Okay. That if these people kind of turn up to tomorrow or the next day to give blood and are going to be sent away and why they weren't kind of informed in that on the first place. But definitely, I mean, there are issues kind of to do with safe sex surrounding kind of gay relations. But then you also have a lot of issues with consent to do with alcohol and is there consent if people have consumed alcohol. So I think I think it was a nice idea to include it in there. I don't know if that is their reasoning, but I think any initiative to kind of encourage people to give blood is Definitely, huge. Yeah, yeah. And I know, like, I'm signed up to give blood at home, but I always miss those blood donations because I'm in college. And you can sign up to do it in different places, but I think to have it on the college campus makes it so Very accessible easy, for people. And, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I don't see a problem with calling it Kiss Week. I think when people are changing it, saying they want it to be Shag Week, it's kind of their only joke. And, um, yeah, it is a great initiative. Um, I think um, that's all we have time for this week. Um, so thank you all for tuning into Newswire today. I'm Aoife O'Brien. And I'm Kira O'Loughlin. Remember, you can always keep up to date with us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at DCUMPS News. We go live again on Thursday at 5pm. Catch you then.